I'm Jody Whites, Results and Success Coach, and these podcasts teach you how to make significant changes to live your dreams, make a positive impact on the world, and drop your regrets. It's time for you to get spectacular. Welcome back to Your Spectacular Life. I'm Jody White, your life and professional coach, helping you to get your life into a spectacular mode. And I have with me today, Patty Mara. Hi, Patty. Hi, Jody. Thanks for having me on your spectacular life. Oh, my pleasure. You're you're here to help listeners get there. Um, let me tell you a little bit about Patty. Patty Mara is an author of Up Solutions, turning your team into heroes and customers into raving fans. The owner of MaraNet Inc and the creator of the Profit Generator Program and the Breaking Through Barriers Program. Patty has over 25 years of experience designing and delivering customer service experiences and making the connection between customer experience and retention with the profits, results, and growth of a company. She lives in Georgetown, Ontario. Ontario, near Toronto. All right, coming up from the North Country. I love it. Great, Patty. So, you know, obviously, you have been dealing with customers and companies and how to make customers love the businesses they deal with. Now, did you always do this? Um, You know, I would say there was a serendipitous path <laughs> or flow, or I fell into it. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, my, uh, uh, my university degree is in biology and a little bit of economics. Oh, my <laughs> so, word. <laughs> so, so, you know, but you come out of university and you start getting a job. And um, first of all, they weren't hiring. I graduated in 89. And uh, that was at the first time that we had middle management laid off. You know, that was the first impact of microtechnology mm. on, on le- you know, leveling the uh, business structure. You just didn't need the amount of management that had been in place before that. So companies weren't hiring. And so I kind of, you know, stumbled along and everything regardless of what I did and regardless of what business I was in or what business I was trying to build, I kept being pulled into customer service training, which really evolved into customer experience design. And, and so it just, you know, kind of that was where I had demand and that's where I was producing results and that, then that's what expanded. Yeah. And did, uh, you know, obviously you're a great communicator. I can hear it. I'm hearing the great connection. Were you enjoying being in the customer experience field? Yes. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like it's a filter that's always there. I would go to a spa and I would say, you did a great job here. You missed that. You, <laughs> it didn't matter what I did. I was always in, it literally took a little bit to shut off. And I ended up having conversations with business owners and team members. It's like, okay, this is what the experience of this was. 
Um, and this is what added to people's perception of what they were getting from working, coming to you. And this is what took away from it. Um, so yeah, I really do. It's, it's like breathing air for me. It's an automatic. And then the, um, the joy I get out of seeing businesses thrive, people feeling purposeful, that they have an impact, that they've tapped into, you know, feeling the value they create, um, that sets, that just sets everything up. And I would say I'm a passionate advocate for locally owned businesses. I think nice. they're the cornerstone of every community. And, and so that's a necessary, you know, it's, um, they may be experts at whatever their business is, but not necessarily how to create the experience of value that really enhances what they're doing. Great. Yay. And, and I, I agree with you, you know, local businesses, you, you have an opportunity to deal face to face with your neighbors and your community to, um, you know, really, really build what they have, enjoy their services. So they're going to stick around so you can continue inter, you know, interacting with them. So I love that. And it sounds like everybody needs you to visit their business so you can point out, <laughs> can you do this a little bit better? And I love that <laughs> just by who you are. That's great. So, you know, um, working in the industry and moving towards writing a book is very different. What led you on that path? I think, well, the book was, I would call it a 10-year labor of love. <laughs> I, I actually had the book completely outlined 10 years before it was published. And, but then bringing, you know, having the, it written to a level that I was, you know, happy with having it published and out in the world, that's what took a, took a fair amount of time. And, um, but it really was capturing what I see when I work with a business and the steps we go through to position them for success. And some of it's a different way of looking at their business, um, embracing the opportunity and challenge and change, the really tapping into understanding who their customers are, um, narrowing that focus, getting clear on the messaging, clear on the value proposition. I, I'm talking business clicky, work, clicky words, but it's really, why do customers choose you and why do they keep coming back? And if you understand that, then that's the essence that that's really what your business is. And so it, it was really the, I guess the purpose behind it was to get the message out in the world, to have an additional resource for people to use. Um, uh, the goal with the book was to have it be very accessible and very practically able to be used. Yeah. And um, I read the book and I would agree it is both. It is, is very clear, easy to understand and easy to put into action after you read it. So um, congrats on that, Patty, and congrats on making a 10-year a project really come into being. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you, Jody. That's wonderful. So in Up Solutions, you talk about, you know, as an owner of a business, to put yourself in the shoes and be the customer. Now, can you explain the benefits of that and how to do that? Yes, absolutely. 
I, I think I'm going to answer this um, by kind of a broad um, framework and then come in to answer your question. Because I think, you know, the internet has changed the in all marketplace that we're in. We used to have very local focused businesses and you opened a store and there might be a similar store, one other in the community and that was it. And people walked around and they came shopping. Well, that's completely changed, right? Even if you shop locally, you're you were on the internet to see what's available, what does it cost, where do we find it? So the internet has really significantly changed us. We're in a global marketplace. Right. Even if you have a local focus, we're all in a global marketplace. So I think there are new business rules. And I talk about, you know, we ha there has to be a shift, a shift in your focus and awareness, shifting from focusing on sales to focusing on solutions. And a shift from focusing on transactions to focusing on relationships. So that's that's kind of the that's kind of the the key piece. And so putting yourself in your customer's shoes, we all have the ability, and we naturally think from our perspective. I and I think the more we're aware of the limitations of that. For example. Um, uh, and, and this is true for me too. So I'll work with a company to help them get clear on their value proposition and how to communicate so that you're clearly communicating why choose your business. And I, I have struggle with doing that for my own business. When I have to come up with, you know, marketing copy to promote a webinar, <laughs> it's like gr grinding. So we all can do it. It's just easier. We think from our perspective and it's almost like you have to, I have to capture my thinking down, which is the how, what I do. And then take it to the next step is like, well, who is this for? What do they benefit and why is it important? And it, so it takes, it takes a little bit of practice. Um, but understand it's, it's always a challenge when we're looking at our own business. So my recommendation for every business is to do exercises like a walkthrough. So you actually role play as a customer and walk through your business and start to look for, with fresh eyes. What would a customer see? Um, and, and, and build that muscle. The more you can talk to your customers and ask them questions, find out what they want, what are their challenges, what would they like more of, you know, what do they not enjoy, and you're really paying attention, listening to what they're saying, that's a goldmine. That they make it so much easier than us trying to put ourselves in their shoes and figure out what they want. You have to do some of that, but then ask. And what they give you back, that's a goldmine. Yeah, and I, I I love what you're suggesting, and that is to to really ask them questions because we can only assume we know what they want and how we're going to solve that challenge. But unless we actually go out and start talking to them, how can things be better? What what else could we offer to you to make this a great experience? we're really not going to know. We're, we're living and marketing and putting a lot of money into our assumptions, which may not always work out. So I really, I really love that um, attitude of, of just not only be the customer, but really ask and get some good information back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and often it's as simple as asking and people will, will, will tell you, um, but I've heard, I've seen businesses 
that have you know created a, a council, a, a customer council, and they'll take a group of their best customers out to dinner and just mm. you know just really say start a conversation and then listen, you know just pay attention. What are they saying? It's an interesting piece. We've had we've been in North America. We've been in crisis mode for the last two years, and uh, um, you know one of the things that I have said all the time is that crisis interrupts all patterns, right? So that's both a challenge and an opportunity. Um, depending on who your market is, if you're a B2C, I guarantee you, your market's changed. I'm a passionate advocate for locally owned businesses. And I've been really aware that even though I want to shop local, I want to be able to find out what they have and where I can find it online. And I'd much prefer it comes to my door. I, I, what I don't want to do is get in my car and drive around to shop, to shop, to shop, to figure out who has what I want. Right. So, right. So, that is the new, those are the new rules, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. so, you know, it used to be a brick and mortar business. What was true is you opened the door and people came in and, and now you have to be connected online and there's a, there's a really wonderful little French bistro bakery that opened in a small town north of me, about 20 minutes north of me. And they opened during the spring of 2020 when everyone was in lockdown. Oh, no. I st they are flourishing. Uh, oh. Flourishing. So but what did what did they do? I mean, they're local. Obviously, everybody was in their homes at this time. What do you think they did to make them successful? They were very active and very responsive on social media. Interesting. Do you so, know, do you know what platforms? Facebook and Instagram. Nice. Yep. So they got into local community groups. They have their own Facebook page. They post these deliciously appetizing, <laughs> you know, gorgeous things. Customers are posting all the time about, you know, what this they bought and loved. And, uh. um, uh, the very responsive, if you met, if you message them and when they first opened, um, if you hadn't ordered something ahead of time and you got there by one o'clock, it was sold out. Oh my word. It was, just, it was wow. you know, they were just, they were baking as fast as they could. Yeah. They had some of a following because they had a crepery truck they used to take around to events. So they had some following, but I still don't think they have a website. <laughs> really? Really? I oh mean, my word. They're just I, doing it all through social media and, and, yes, and clickbait. And buzz, right? and yeah. Well, pictures that. <laughs> nice. Oh, that I love hearing stories like that. And they, they seem like, you know, they were on the ball and they're interactive and pictures do tell a thousand words. You look at that, you know, I'd, I'd be willing to drive 20 minutes for that. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's great. I, you know, interesting. I'm going to go back to what you said on, um, you know, opportunity really opening itself up. And that that's a, um, a, a chunk of your book that opportunity is the upside of change. Now, can you tell me a little more about that concept? Sure, absolutely. Well, uh, I, I think on a on our just a broad spectrum, um, uh, crisis interrupts all patterns. So let's talk about the last two years, right? We've had, there are businesses that have been closed. There are businesses that um, have been struggling, had all these, these um, uh, challenging restrictions. Um, so 
one of the things I think we have a tendency to move forward into the future with the in the same structure that's been successful in the past. We don't reevaluate unless there's a reason why. And one of the challenges that I see is, is um, there's quite a few businesses that have been dealing with constraint. And, and so the, the impact of the pandemic for businesses was to accelerate that. Um, I, you know, I think there's an opportunity here for every business to future forward their business. I, I would be looking two years, five years out. And um, uh, when you're looking two to five years out, you want to create a vision of who are you? What impact you have? Who are you working with? What are you doing that you love doing it? That, that, you know, what's the reputation you have? And now come back to today. What do you need to be doing today? That's going to get you towards that vision. And there's a huge opportunity to engage um, technology in a new way, right? Team communications, we use Slack. Um, you know, they're, they're, whether it's increasing efficiency in your business, increasing customer contact and engagement, um, I think this is, this is the time to really reevaluate everything in your business. Is it future focused and aligned? And um, you know, where, where, what, what are resources to help you, help you get there? Uh, I was just thinking, I was just reading an article. One of the industries really hard hit was, um, um, uh, movie theaters, mm-hmm. right? And so there's this young entrepreneur in Texas that turned his movie theater cause he had a series of movie theaters in Texas into entertainment complexes and including a whole bunch of outdoor like paintball and, and he wow. just created them as activity destinations, right? Community activity. So he, I don't know, two or three times he's, he's doubled, he's increased investment in his business and he's doubled. And now that everything's opening up, you're going to have even more. So he literally looked at, okay, I can't do it this way. Who are the people that I want to service? What do they need now? How can we deliver it? And he used it to completely redesign what entertainment looks like. That, what a great idea. Yeah, I like that. And I like that, that, that term future forward and build it now. Build it now for, you know, two to five years. That's great. Um, you know, I was wondering, some of the challenges that uh, I run into with my clients is when they are trying to brand and, and, you know, who are we, who do we serve? What's the impact? What problems are we solving? They have a challenge with creating their, who they are in a unique way, mainly to set them apart from competition. Mm -hmm. How would you suggest doing that, especially in, in a local business that may seem like other businesses are doing the similar things that they are. Mm-hmm. I, it's, it's a really great question, Jody, because I, I experienced the same thing. It, it's almost like, first of all, um, my first response to that is expect there to be at least 10 iterations, <laughs> right? So the most important piece, I, I always think of a funnel. There's a creative funnel and your first job is to create as many possibilities as possible. And, and I want the wild and nutty in there. I want outside of the box, you know, that you're going to laugh at it. And, you know, my rule, my rule of thumb myself is if I'm creating a branding or a naming or something, I want 30 plus, and I want to involve as many people 
that are involved in the business as possible um, because they, everyone has different inputs and different creativity and different talents. So I want as much creativity, much um, raw material going into that funnel. And then you just start wordsmithing and playing with it. And maybe you get it down to four or five, you know, examples or, or potentials and go test it out. Mm. So the first thing is I find that almost everyone, myself included, you start by naming something based on what you're doing, what you're offering. And that's, you want to be able to communicate that, but the, the juice will be in when you get the emotional engagement of what they get out of it, your target audience, what do they get out of it? And that's the why. So you have to kind of capture what you do. You have to really then pull out what are the benefit of what you do for your marketplace. And then why is that important for them? What do they get out of it? You know, why do they choose it? And when you go to test it on your market, the, the piece for me is really pay attention. It almost doesn't matter what you test. You know, here, I, we're rebranding. I'd really like your opinion. What do you think of this? What, how do you hear? Um, you know, and then shut up. Because <laughs> they'll, you know, pay attention to the comments they have and the questions they use. They'll probably give you the language. Your mm. customer that your branding needs to tap into the language that your customers are using. Mm. Great suggestion, right? I, I love the brainstorming then take it out and ask them again. That, yeah, that's great. Um, you know, you in Absolutions, you speak about two models of how to effectively connect us to our customers and in their world. And namely, you mentioned a, a stage, front stage, backstage model, on brand, off brand model. And I really enjoyed that. I'd love you to tell our listeners more about that. Perfect. Thank you. Those are two, for me, very important models, thinking models, to be aware of that you're creating an experience with every interaction. So front stage, backstage actually came from a book called um, The Experience Economy by Gilmore and Pine. And they use Disney World as an example. Um, you know, this isn't about Disneyfying your, your business, but it's creating an experience at every point of client contact that reinforces um, the value of your business, reinforces and enhances the value. So, um, uh, for example, a pharmacy, if you were to go into a pharmacy, every, every experience from the parking lot to going into the store, to interacting with the team, to buying your paying for your prescription and leaving the store, every point of contact should reinforce that you're getting the health care to live your best life, whatever that focus is. So it means there better not be stains on the carpet. <laughs> there shouldn't be stacks of, you know, shipping or errands on the pharmacy counter that the customer, you know, so it's paying attention to front stage is everything your customer experiences. Backstage is everything that has to happen behind the scenes to create that front stage experience, scheduling, ordering, shipping, everything that has to happen behind the scenes. And the piece is that you're ideally your customer should never experience your backstage. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> good point. <laughs> and it's not easy until you start right. looking at your business that way. So On Brand, Off Brand came from a book, uh, Branded Customer Experience by Janelle uh, Barlow. And 
I just, the putting those two together for me was really important. And on brand experience means that that experience literally enhances the value of your business. They, they, they have a better experience of what appreciation of what you do for them out of that experience and off brand takes away from it. So, you know, and, and the, again, you walk into a restaurant and in the canopy, um, and the front door, there's cobwebs and the door looks <laughs> dirty. That's an off brand experience. Sounds very simple. But our brains make an unconscious decision that this is dirty, so can I trust the food that's coming in? Mm-hmm. Right? We're not even consciously aware, but we're making these connections. Great. Yay. Um, and I like that. I like really opening up your eyes and looking around and and just making things sparkle in the front, sending that unconscious message that um, this is a great, these are clean, organized spiffy people to deal with. That's great. You know, there's an example in your book from Lenahan Wealth Management Group on how to handle client requests and upsets. Speaking about restaurants where uh, I can't think of any other opportunity to really shine or turn that customer away for life. Can you let uh, our listeners hear about those steps that was mentioned? Sure. Um, in- interesting enough, I, I recommend a book. Um, also, same author as Branded Customer Experience, Janelle Barlow, uh, Complaint is a Gift. And mm. um, so here, interesting, um, there's a number of studies that for most businesses that have raving fan customers, the raving fans are not because everything went perfectly it's because something went wrong and how the team handled it turned them into raving fans. Mm. You know, having on-brand front stage customer experiences does not mean everything goes perfectly, but it's paying attention to what is the customer experience and is there anything we need to clean up here or is there anything? So um, uh, I think it's almost a competitive advantage. If your team you know, front facing, if you have a business with front facing team members, your team really need to know how to handle when something goes wrong, a customer's upset, or there's a complaint or a challenge. And um, uh, the reason that's so important, it literally becomes a competitive advantage because most companies fail horrendously. Mm. (laughs) Right? Um, Horrendously. And Mm. and it's because especially complaints are uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, so this is, this is a huge piece. It's also, I would also add in, I think complaints are one of the most important forms of customer communication. Oh yeah, absolutely. When somebody takes the time to tell you something Mm. you're not happy with, you want to be listening like both ears at attention because whatever it is they've experienced, they're letting you know, again, I'm back into the gold mine of your business, right? You can't pay a market research company to give you better information than what a customer's telling you, especially if they're not happy. Right. And most of the time, people will not complain. They do not like that conflict. They walk out and they badmouth you. They leave a bad review, etc. So if they are brave enough and care enough about the business, that person will um, step up and let you know how to make it better and what yes. not to do. Yes, and and to to that point, Jody, I think it's also important in this day and age is is if you get a bad Yelp review or mm. a bad you know um, Google review, 
it's not the end of the world. Again, you have the opportunity to respond. Right. Right. So, right. You know, in fact, it's interesting. Um, when I book on Airbnb, I'm actually looking for for I'm looking for people that have had negative comments. And mm. how did the person answer? How, how did they handle the negative comment? Um, because that gives me more insight than everyone saying, oh, it's lovely. <laughs> of, of course you would. Of course you'd look at the negative review and, and how it was answered. <laughs> oh, that's great. All right. Um, looking at just, if you can mention three quick ways on how to continuously innovate in your company, just three quick ones. I'd be curious to hear that. Sure. So first of all, I think every business needs to be continue, continuously innovating. Um, I, I would probably pull in a Peter Drucker question <laughs> because, of course, the guru of the last century for right. the management guru of the last century, and he asked the best questions. So one of the things that he said is that, you, you know, his recommendation is, is in a bigger company, you should have a committee. Maybe they meet once a month and, you know, they review every product every system, every process, every service, you know, one at a time in the committee with the question, knowing what we know now, would we do this? Would we do it again? Would we, knowing what we know, would we do this? Would we start this now? And if the answer is no, stop. If the answer is yes, maybe there's improvement. So the idea that there always needs to be some kind of continuous innovation and, um, uh, you know, another piece of that is paying attention to bottlenecks. Mm, where yeah. is something not happening? Where does it slow down in the business? Where does somebody get, um, uh, you know, where there's a, like a roadblock or it's piled up on one person's desk or, I mean, this is any anything that kind of raises its hand that there's a slowdown in your business. Mm. That's an opportunity to see, again, if we're should we keep doing it? Is there a different way to do it? Is there a different person on the team? Have we outgrown the capacity? You know, businesses go through very definitive growth cycles and you out, you put in the structure to produce the results, but at some time you max out that structure and it always takes leveraging and simplifying in order to break through that, you know, that ceiling that that's and get into the next growth cycle. But it means simplifying and leveraging the system, the talent, you know, what you offer, how you offer it. The third, the third piece I would add into that is be in communication with your customer mm. okay. because their needs change. And you, it's like you're always, I, I'll add in here because I think one of the most common things or issues I find for business owners and team members is that they haven't defined specifically their audience. And, you know, they're trying to be all things to everybody. And what happens when that, when you're trying to be all things to everyone, you don't actually nail what your audience is. I had a really wonderful uh, business coach, Karen Van Cleve, and she used to coach for Anthony Robbins organization. And when she was writing her book, so she had great Tony Robbins quote, it was, um, you want to market narrowly and serve broadly. Nice. Not brilliant. So yeah. it really hit her when she was writing her book and overwhelm now her audience. Cause she had to, I define like, who is she speaking to writing the book and, um, her audience are licensed professional women. 
Mm. The moment she nailed it that narrowly, licensed professional women, her business took off. And um, it's she works with other, there are, some of her clients are not licensed professional, but the bulk are. But because she nailed the language speaking to that audience, others opted in, but she really connected with the people who she most wanted to work with. Mm, I like that. Can you tell me that quote again? Market narrowly and serve broadly. Broadly. Great. Nice. I really like that. Well, Patty, um, how can our listeners get um, in touch with you? Wonderful. I, th- I think the e- easiest place is my website. So pattymara.com. And you can, uh, you know, there's all the social media tags there. You're please, you know, connect with me, I, especially on LinkedIn. And um, we've also created, uh, you know, for your podcast, Jody, uh, a resource page. So if they're interested in more information on where to buy the book, which is basically any online uh, book retailer. Um, but there's also, I've created a touchpoint scorecard tool and it's really to help when we were talking about looking from your customer's perspective, it's a tool I created to really put you in the customer's shoes and look at the experience on different components of your business, what we call touch points, where you connect with customers. And I've got a short video showing you how to use it. I certainly recommend going through it and I recommend doing it with your team. You can't go through that exercise without identifying really simple changes to make that will make a big difference in the experience your customers are having. So that's pattymara.com forward slash your spectacular life. Great. That sounds really useful. And, and thank you so much for offering that. And Patty, it's been a pleasure and uh, loads of great information given uh, in this episode. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Jody. A real pleasure to be here with you today. All right. You take care. Thank you. I'm so grateful that you've listened to the end of this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review it, and share it with your friends. I love teaching insights so that you can have a more impactful and meaningful life. It's my mission to build a thriving community of happy, fulfilled people. Want more? Visit my website at yourspectacularlife.com.